up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show... Blazers beat the Spurs on Friday night, get a little revenge. They lose to the Spurs Thursday with Victor Wembanyama with a dominant night. But Vic gets Friday night off, um, you know, dealing with an ankle injury. And the Spurs, I guess, are just being generally conservative. So the shorthanded Spurs come back for the second night of a back-to-back, and the Blazers handle them. Blazers shorthanded in and of their own rights. We'll talk about that game. Talk about Scoot Henderson, who had the best game of his career on Friday evening against the Spurs. He is starting to look like the thing that was promised. Let's talk about the promise he's showing and the promises that were made to you, the Blazers viewing public. We'll do that in the second segment. Then we'll close the show talking about a long and daunting road trip for the Blazers. Uh, January, you're listening to January 1st show. Welcome to 2024. I appreciate you. Happy New Year. But January is a tough month. A lot of games on the road, 11 road games, and uh, just a bunch of teams with winning records. The Blazers, um, if they have a good January, it's because they're playing really good basketball because the 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 difficult section of the schedule is upon them. We'll talk about what it's, it's January starts with, which is two weeks on the road, seven game road trip, uh, matching their longest road trip of the season. We will we will we will look ahead a little bit in the, the third segment, but first. Let's do what we do. Fastest recap in the West. Blazers win 134-128 against the Spurs. Spurs playing without Victor Wembanyama, so Zach Collins, old friend Zach Collins, got the start. Uh, but the Blazers shorthanded of their own right. Anthony Simon's still sick, missed this game. Scoot Henderson has now missed four games with an abductor strain. Uh, right knee tendonitis for DeAndre Ayton uh, held him out. And Duop Breath, who uh, tweaked his back warming up uh, prior to Thursday night's game, also didn't play in this one. So you just you got Scoot Henderson and Malcolm Brogdon, Moses Brown, Jeremy Grant. This was um, this was a game where the Blazers were yet again shorthanded. And the Spurs were yet again shorthanded. And uh, unlike Thursday night, where the Spurs the Spurs are I mean, not yet again. The Spurs were shorthanded. Unlike Thursday night when the Spurs had you know generational defensive player in the middle of the paint, they didn't have it in this one. And the Blazers took advantage of it. Uh, 29-29 after one, but the Blazers broke out in those middle two quarters. They led 71-56 at the break and 104-94 at the end of three. But the, the Blazers actually led by 26 in the third quarter. And it looked like they were going to just run off on this one, but the Spurs made a late charge to make it close. And Portland was never really threatened, but they were up 13 with like a minute left and the Spurs made it close because the Blazers got sloppy. Devin Vassell hit a three. Jeremy Grant immediately turns the ball over and gives up a fast break layup. Then they come out of the the timeout with a minute left. So, you know, you've kind of all of a sudden, uh, you know, all of a sudden you've, you've, you've cut down this 13 point lead. The Blazers take a timeout. Uh, Jabari Walker splits a pair of free throws. Uh, Blazers quickly give up a layup on the other end. It's all of a sudden you're, it's, it's, 25 seconds left and it's and it's a seven point game and the Blazers turn the ball over again and then uh the uh the Spurs get another bucket a put back and all of a sudden you're looking at a five point game but there's only seven seconds left Spurs have to uh, Spurs have to foul Scoot Henderson splits the free throws and the Blazers hold on to win 134 128 um I think the final minute was kind of kind of um, obnoxious, maybe, but I don't think it was a particularly big deal. Like it's like 
It's like the Blazers gave up eight points that they didn't need to give up, and they kind of gave them back. But I don't think this was like a, oh no, this team's actually bad and they're going to lose it. And there was never a moment where they were going to where it felt like the game was going to slip away. But there was plenty of moments where it was like, this does not. This is not like the sign of a team that's like really putting their stamp on an impressive victory. Uh, to the box score we go. Jeremy Grant, twenty-seven points, hit four of five threes to go along with six boards and four assists. Jeremy Grant's passing the ball a bunch. Um, at least getting assists more often, I should say. Uh, I, I've I've kind of complained in the space that I don't think he moves the ball very often, but his assist numbers as of late have been a lot better than they were for most of the season. So, um, so brief moratorium on bullying Jeremy Grant for not passing the ball. Malcolm Brogdon, 27.7 assists. Uh, he hit five threes. If the Blazers are going to make 16 of 27 threes and shoot 67% from three, they're going to win most of those games. Um it is what it is. Like, I think that's pretty simple. 27 is not many threes to take, but 16 is a bunch to make if you're only going to take 27 of them. They they poured them in. Uh, 22 points, 7 boards, 11 assists for Scoot. We'll talk about him a bunch in the second segment. He Once he got rolling and got comfortable, he looked really good. Jabari Walker, 25 off the bench. Jabari Walker hit 10 free throws. Uh, what has become, what is becoming a, like a minor trend for, for Jabari is when when he has good games, he gets to the free throw line. And to me, maybe this is where he figures out how he can be impactful offensively. He's not afraid to get in the mix. He plays often plays up a position at, at center. The Blazers played most of their minutes in this game, uh, or a majority of their minutes of this game without uh, a big man. They played Moses Brown played four minutes to begin the game, and Ibu Baji off the bench played 10. So they played a lot of minutes with Jabari Walker at center, a lot of minutes with Tamani Kamara at center. That's because the Spurs are also not playing super big. Zach Collins and Dom Barlow are your two centers for the Spurs. The Blazers are able to go small, they're able to stick to their full five-man switching units, uh, just put their better offensive players and better defensive players on the court. Uh, Baji's a better rim protector, but maybe like overall defense, certainly, I think you could you could offer going small can give you a little bit of a different look. But when Walker has been good recently, he's gotten free throw attempts. Um, he can't shoot. He's, he... <laughs> Can't shoot might be too mean. He has not shot well in his NBA career. He's not he's not developed a consistent three point shot, uh, and he isn't this like crazy athlete. But what he is is he's physical and he plays hard and he has that little like barely gets off the ground side shuffle euro. And if he gets to the free throw line by getting in the mix and driving into the paint and being confident, maybe that can make up for his lack of shooting. Right, like a, as a slasher and a and a foul drawer. Maybe that's that's the trick for Jabari. Also. A funny side note is that Jabari Walker and Zach Collins are kind of getting into it, um, and t- just two hard-nosed former Blazers. Um, it, there's, there's. I'm trying not to swear on this podcast, but uh, two dudes who really get after it. Two dudes who really mix it up and aren't afraid to stick their nose in there and be physical and all of those things. And to see Jabari Walker and Zach Collins kind of get in the mix a little bit was fun. Jabari finished with 25 points and nine boards. He was, he was really good. Skylar Mays, 11 off the bench, including an almost poster dunk, but he kind of, he kind of lost on the way, but threw it in. But in the, in the closing uh, minutes of the fourth quarter, um, he had a nice game after I thought he did not play very well on Thursday against the Spurs. Nice little bounce back. Uh, seven from Matisse Thibel, uh, two for Ibubaji in his 10 minutes to go with uh, two boards. Uh, Moses Brown scoreless in his 10 minutes, and I don't think I got you, Tumani Kamara. He had 13 points, 11 boards. Uh, Tumani really benefited from playing small ball five and next to Scoot. Talk about that a little in the second segment. Um, he's he's an, he's a curious player, uh, Tumani Kamara. He is, but but I think playing this was his best offensive game he's had in a while, and some of that was because he was a roller in pick and rolls. So that that's an interesting thing to monitor. On the Spurs side, 22 for Devin Vassell, 29. 
29-7-7 from Keldon Big Body Johnson off the bench. Dougie McBuckets, Doug McDermott had 18, uh, 17 for Zach Collins before he left with an ankle sprain. Hope Zach gets well soon. He's dealt with so many foot and ankle injuries. Just hate to see it for, for Zach. Seven for Julian Champagny, two for Jeremy Sohan, and uh, Malachi Brandon's 11, 6, and 3. I thought Trey Jones was really good in this game. 14 points, 8 boards, 5 assists off the bench for who is clearly the Spurs' best point guard, but for um losing reasons i guess they gotta play him off the bench uh it's fine those birds can do whatever they want but trey jones is the best point guard by about a million percent the blazers uh you know he scored 42 in that second quarter i thought they really got rolling and part of part of the offense really getting rolling was scoot henderson kind of finding his groove i thought in the middle two quarters the blazers played really good basketball really good basketball let's talk about scoot who played the best game of his of his young NBA career. Scoot Henderson played the best game of his career. I mean, I think a lot of times we try to couch it and say one of his best games or, or this is his best game, this was his worst game and all these things. I think this was just like the best game Scoot's played. Let's talk about what it looked like and all of those things in the second segment. But first, let's talk about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The NFL regular season is wrapping up. But there is still time to get on the action with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Place one $5 bet at FanDuel. You'll get 150 bucks to play with in bonus bets. And the app is easy to use. And after you place that money line bet, there's so many different ways to wager on the sports you love, like live same game parlays, um, new bets that they'll have in their explore tab or just if you want to go nuts they've got a parlay hub which is to find popular parlays that other people are are uh, are making bets on or you can craft your own plus over unders and futures bets uh whatever you're looking for you're going to find it on fanduel.com slash locked on so go to fanduel.com slash locked on make your first bet a layup that's right a layup in the nfl ad read once you make that that bet Get 150 bucks to play with. Go have some fun. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. It's FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right. Scoot Anderson played the best game of his career. Best game of his career. This was this was the scoot that we've been promised. The efficiency is just not going to be there for him this year. Like he's just um, he's shooting well from three. Like I mentioned in a previous episode that he was shooting um, north of forty percent over his last eight games. Well, the two games since that he shot well from three. He's shooting he's shooting f- almost forty four percent from three over his last ten. Like he's he's fine. He's fine. He's shooting well. Um, it's the pull up twos uh, from in the mid range, and it's the finishing that's a problem. You know, he he, fin- he finishes with 22 points on 21 shots, but the efficiency just might not be there for him. Young players are typically inefficient. Um, the th- three-pointers going in is a huge thing for Scoot because it changes how he gets guarded. But what's really changed is just his comfort, and you can see the comfort changing in his playmaking. And I think in this game, he made the best passes we've seen him make. You know, this is this is the school we were promised, right? Um, maybe some of you devoured G League Ignite tape leading up to the draft. Maybe some of you just straight up watched G League Ignite games and were like deeply familiar with Scoot Henderson. What I knew was, I knew his name because it's a fun name. I knew he was on my radar. And I watched, you know, some some breakdowns on, on from, you know, like thinking basketball on YouTube and stuff like that and read and read a whole bunch of scouting reports. And I'm not a big, big draft guy but what i knew coming in was like 
he's supposed to have this excellent court vision. Like that's what he is. He's going to be this modern point guard that really loves to pass and looks to pass. And then at the beginning of the year, he either he was either forcing passes or he just couldn't see them because the game he was moving only at 100 miles an hour and he was turning the ball over a whole bunch and all of these things. And the last 10 days of Scoot, you can see him. You can see him learning how to manipulate defenses. You can see him playing with better change of pace in the half court. And you can see him diming up his teammates. He's been really, really solid. He had a pass in the first half. Two of them, actually, in the first half. In the second quarter, kind of when he got rolling. Um, you know, he's... He, he, Checks. He's starting this game, and he's he's they're they're clearly letting him play on the ball a lot, and letting Malcolm Brogdon play off the ball. It's, I think it's I think it's a good a good way to work, to work it. But he gets rolling in the second quarter. He has one where he pushes the pace in transition, uh, push you know hard down hard right hand drive. Defenders cut him off so he can't can't get into the paint. Keeps a live dribble over alive and fades to the to the baseline in the right corner. Jabari Walker cuts to the middle of the court. Scoot threads a bounce pass in between two defenders easy bucket off the dribble in rhythm great pass great timing great weight on the pass just a great just a just a really solid solid pass and it's like nice that's a dime nice nice feed then he has another one off a little uh, sort of ghost screen and trend and semi-transition and like early offense to Matisse Thibel where he drives draws a defender and he throws a wraparound pass into space where nobody is it's behind the defender's back as he throws it it's behind a second defender who's guarding Matisse Thibel's back and Matisse isn't even there yet and the ball kind of just from his right from the right hand uh, just outside the lane from the right hand side he throws a pass that loops back and curve has that backspin curve towards the middle of the paint just into space Matisse Thibel comes you know finds the ball that it kind of anticipates his cut it's just it is just a savant level pass like it is it is a really high level pass from Scoot great dime inside to Matisse Thibel bucket and then the best one you know he, he finished with 11 assists in this game the best one though comes in the third quarter and he gets a screen from uh from Jabari Walker and he's on the right hand, the right wing, and he uh, above the three point line gets a screen, uh, comes off the screen, gets middle, gets the f- uh, foul line, but they're cutting him off right because they're going to go under on screens. They're going to fight to make him take jumpers, particularly take pull up jump shots. He says, "All right, that's not there. Dribble, 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 pull back out." But as, as he's pulling, like dribbling back out from the foul line, but now beyond the three point line, in reverse. Tamani Kamara cuts into space that has been now vacated because nobody got into the paint. And Tamani Kamara is a good cutter. And Scoot Henderson whips a pass off the dribble with his right hand right over the top of Malachi Brown in in stride, the clean off the dribble, a live ball. Okay, go! Just kind of um, barely any wasted movement from normal dribble to whipping a one-handed, right-handed pass into the paint. Kamara catches it, scores easily at the rim. It is just... they. The sort of the vision, the ability to dribble off the bounce, excuse me, pass off the bounce, and the ability to scan the floor while you're while you're uh, you know while you're moving and while you're um, you know okay first option wasn't there okay oh, wow he's wide open bang like it, it's just the anticipation the speed the accuracy of the pass the, like I said the weight on the pass the the ability to get it right over your defender's head and right in the right spot just the high level passing we were promised. 
He was so good. And I think some of it is just comfort playing against NBA level defenses, right? It's like, um, I think the, the athleticism and the speed and the general size of guys was something he had to adjust to. And Scoot was just trying to play too fast. He's trying to out athlete everyone. Um, now he's kind of figuring out that pace, but he's also just had a lot more reps and reps matter. It's like, okay, this is like rookies take a little while to get there, particularly uh, point guard is the hardest position to learn in the league. And he's, he's taken a while to get there. And, he he just looks so much more comfortable. But I think one of the big things about the, the last couple games um, is that he's had more time on the ball. Without Shaden Sharp in there, there's just like less mouths to feed. It's worse, like you want Sharp to play, but there's more time for the, with a three-guard rotation for Scoot to, to be on the ball. In the last two games, they've clearly put an emphasis of him being on on the ball, like let him, let him dribble. And I think in this game, when we saw the best version of Scoot, it's when he got to screen, scan, look, push and transition, know that he could keep that dribble alive, know that he was going to get to be on, like on the ball, dribbling, making decisions a whole bunch. And that's the, that like, that's going to be the best version of him in the future. You know, we talk about like, oh, there's, you know, he needs the ball in his hands. Scoot, you know, with a bunch of players. Oh, it's hard. He needs the ball in his hands. Like everyone does. That's how you score. Like, cause you have the ball in your hands, you shoot it. But like Scoot, particularly because he's not going to be, um, you know, he's, he's, he's probably, you have to score to play in, in the NBA as a point guard. You cannot be, you cannot be, you cannot only pass, you know what they call players that can't score in the point guards who can't score in the NBA. They call them backups. It's just like, if you're going to be a high level starting point guard in the league, you have to score and Scoot scored 22 points, hit three threes. Like, um, you know, he didn't get to the foul line until an intentional foul late, um, but he's been t- typically, it has been decent at getting to the foul line. He drives, you know, he's got strong right-hand drive. He's extremely right-handed. Um, he's he's going to he's gonna be able to score because of if his pull-up shooting continues to improve and he's he's got the burst to the rim, then he's shot really well from three. But the thing that's going to make him special is the playmaking. And much like kind of Dame before him, Dame was a little different because he was more deliberate and he's looking to shoot more jumpers and all those things. Um, I, I, and he didn't have that sort of, um, he, he wasn't, he was looking to score. He's an offensive point guard. Like he's one of the best offensive point guards in the history of the league. Uh, like he's just a different type of player. Um, Scoot is much more John Wally in, in that it's like, oh yeah, I score cause I need to, but the thing I'm here to do is pass. Um, like, but Dame would need a screen, rescreen, survey, okay, ISO because I got the switch I wanted to now attack. Like I think Scoot's best version of Scoot is going to be like that. It's going to be more time on the ball, more time of possession. Maybe not higher usage, right? Uh, usage rate only only measures the possessions you finish. So shoot or get fouled or turn the ball over. His usage might stay the same, but his time of possession, like the actual stuff you can see on film, that's going to be the thing that I think gets adjusted because the best version of Scoot needs time to to probe the defense, pull back out, get a second screen, see the ball, see all these things, push and transition. Okay, didn't work. Pull back out, run, run some offense, ball in his hand so he can make decisions, survey, and play. That's the best version of Scoot. And we saw it against the Spurs. And full like let's let's like let's let's just like get ahead of the haters. I think this was maybe the least talented team the Blazers will play all year long. The, this version of the Spurs without Victor Wembanyama. This is a very, very low on talent type of team. But who cares? Because you know what good players do? They also have good games against bad teams. They also have good games against bad teams. That's, what, that's how it works. 
good players play well, and they also play well against bad teams. Scoop played well against a bad team. Great. That's what you want to see. You want to see him continue to develop that confidence, continue to develop that feel, because then his gifts come out. Then his gifts start to start to show, right? He can really pass, and the way you can really pass is by playing and really passing and getting, developing that comfort. And I think you saw Scoot now getting more comfortable. Then you get to see the creativity, the, you know, some of his assists are just like natural one pass away and Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Grant shot really well from three. So I think like the number of assists is maybe a little bit misleading, but the the highlights. Not only did he have those three passes I talked about, he had another one in which Tamani Kamara went and set a screen and then slipped the screen and Scoot threw a little lob and Tamani Kamara finished the lob and Scoot loved that pass. That put the Blazers up 26 in the third quarter. Uh, Spurs took a timeout. Scoot was jumping up and down. He was so excited to make that pass. He loves to find guys. And I think that might be the way that they end up having to use Tamani Kamara is as a screener and a cutter. Um, His Play, his you know his decisions off the dribble aren't great and his shooting hasn't been great but he's a great cutter that's his best skill on offense right now and as a screener or a person who slips the screen particularly because the Blazers are totally comfortable running small small screens not that Kamara small he's like a power forward but like he won't be the center it won't be a one five pick and roll um, I think that can help him get loose I think playing with the smaller lineups with more space is going to help Scoot get loose I think. I think what you're starting to see is what Scoot can be. And then this just puts more onus on the Blazers to kind of iron out the roster so when everybody's healthy, Scoot can continue to be this because you saw the flashes of it. The next test is to do it against really good teams. Because Scoot has been, he's since he's come back from injury and he's come off the bench and he's starting wearing the goggles and all of these things like, he looks, Scoot can hoop. Like he looks like a, 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 a rookie who is figuring it out, which is, if you listen to the podcast, always what I thought he would be. Um, a rookie who is figuring it out. That's what the season was going to be. The, the folks calling him a bust are just people who love attention. Congratulations to you. You got the attention you wanted. You can still call him a bust. You'll still continue to get more attention. I, I wish you the best of luck. But like the real truth of Scoot is that he was a young player figuring it out. He's seen him figuring out the last 10 days. Next. Can you do it against good basketball teams? Guess what? The Blazers basically for the end of the month or for the rest of the month, rather, it's the first for the rest of the month. They play basically only good teams. Only of their next 12 games, only two teams currently as I'm recording this have losing records. They're going to play a bunch of good teams, a bunch of them, starting with a road trip in Phoenix on January 1st, uh, today, today, later this evening, as you're listening to this, you actually might be listening to it on the 31st, because I'm going to publish it early. But let's talk about the road trip, look ahead and talk about what's up next for the Blazers and for Scoot Henderson. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I play prize picks on the app, uh, but you can play it on prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. And when you're there, use the promo code LockedOnNBA. You've got a first deposit match up to $100. And when they match your deposit dollar for dollar, here's what you get to do with it. You pick a ballot between two and six players. You can pick a ballot super quickly or make an entry super quickly. Uh, you can play whatever sport you want. The NBA, the NFL, the NHL. You can even play combos of those sports uh, right now on the app with, these, with, with various combo leagues they've got. But... What what I do is I play the NBA because I'm one of the most what I'm most comfortable with, and it's just me versus the stat projections set by Prize Picks, and I go more or less than the the projections they set. So things like points, rebounds, assists, steals. You look on the app, you say, okay, Scoot Henderson 
over six and a half, more than six and a half assists. Bang, let's go. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, more than 18 and a half points. Bang, let's go. Make your entry quickly. Get paid quickly once you do it. But uh, have why don't I go have some fun with it? Pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and see what you're into. That's pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use that promo code locked on NBA while you're there. It's prize picks, daily fantasy made easy. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Scoot Henderson's hooping. He can play. He can play. Um, a teenager figuring it out in the league. And guess what? His next test is a long road trip. Uh, this is kind of like when you have a relatively home heavy, heavy December, you're going to have a rel- the next month is likely to be relatively road heavy. And the Blazers start a seven game, 15 day trip because I, as I'm recording this, probably about to take off to fly to Phoenix. They, they play the Phoenix Suns, then two games against the Mavericks. Then, then they spend some time in New York and play the Brooklyn Nets and New York Knicks. And they come home back to back to close the trip game six and seven against the Thunder and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeesh. Seven games, six teams with winning records. The only team with the losing record on that trip Brooklyn. They play on um, Sunday, January seventh, in in Brooklyn. Uh, the, the Nets are fifteen and seventeen. Um, they cheated the game and they got cheated back. And you love to see when the basketball gods uh, shine down upon us. Uh, they have rested a bunch of players against the Bucks, so then they come back and uh, be healthy against the Wizards, and they lost to the Wizards. Take that, take that load management. But Phoenix, um, you know, Brad Beal's back. Who knows, like with their health and stuff and all their stars. But Bradley Beal's back. They're talented enough to beat any team in the league, uh, even if they've been scuffling a little bit. And the Blazers beat them recently. Two against Dallas, um, a team that can't really guard but can score, 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 and is um, kind of finding their bench depth with Kyrie Irving out. But that's a little time in Dallas. You know, they'll be there on the second. They play on the third. They'll stay overnight on the 4th. They play on the 5th. They'll stay overnight on the 6th. Four, four full days in Dallas. So for a long road trip, it's like an extended an extended stay in the Metroplex to play to play the Mavs. Then from Dallas, they go on to New York. Uh, you know, the, they'll get to New York on the 6th. They play the Nets on the 7th. They have a day off on the 8th. They play the Knicks, uh, Knicks on the 9th, and then they'll travel the next day. So four days in New York. In terms of um, in terms of a really long trip, you get two extended stays right, in the, right at the beginning of it. A, a long stretch in Dallas and a long stretch in New York and then it gets really brutal they leave New York they'll leave New York on the 10th because uh, they're a team that stays over and flies the next day Chauncey Bills believes in rest and then and then not traveling early in the morning um Thursday January 11th uh, you know 10 days from now 12 days from now they play uh Oklahoma City number two team in the west the next night the number one team in the west the Minnesota Timberwolves they close a seven game trip with the two best teams in the Western Conference at OKC and at Minnesota. Those are schedule losses to me. Like, I think that that Minnesota game is about as obvious a scheduled loss as there could possibly be. It's game seven of a seven-game road trip after two weeks on the road, second night of a back-to-back flying from Oklahoma City north to Minneapolis to play that game. That is a brutal one. Of course, the Blazers probably win. <laughs> That's kind of how they've been. It's like obvious second night of back-to-backs and stuff like that. They've kind of won in the games that they should win. Uh, favored, They've been favored in four games now. They're one in three in games that they've been picked to win. Like, it's just kind of who they are. They win the tough ones. They don't always win the easy ones or the quote-unquote easy ones, easier ones. But, you know, even after that, 
back against Phoenix, Brooklyn again, Indiana, the Lakers, the Thunder, the Rockets, uh, the Spurs. Basically, this is the stretch where we'll we kind of know who they are. They're just they're a, not a very good team. But I think the number one thing you want the Blazers to do during this stretch is get healthy. Um, you want DeAndre Ayton to play. You want uh, Shaden Sharp to play. You want Duop Reith to get back in the in, into the mix. Like you want them to be healthy because once they're healthy, they can figure out what they are and what they want to be and what the rotation looks like. And and you kind of get the maximum version of them and not just like the oh, okay, we're gonna figure it out and. And like, we're going to have to play Baji and Moses Brown some minutes and kind of see if we can survive those times. Or we're going to have to go super small and hopefully another team doesn't beat us up because we're super small. You want them to go big and have all their options and be able to mix and match and see what it looks like with, the, you know, with, the, with all four guards playing and things like that. Like the number one thing you want them to see is get is, is healthy. Uh, you know, I used to when in the past seasons, when we'd look ahead to these road trips and say, OK, let's see if they can go three and four and four and three. And that would be a, success, a successful seven game trip. I don't think this team is there to the point where we should talk about wins. Um, they're just not that good, um, and that's fine. They're a team. What you want them to see is continue to improve, right? Scoot Henderson to not have big dips. He's going to have some dips up and down. The variance of the sort of nature of life is you're going to have good days and bad days, but like not those like six turnover, five foul stinkers. Just like you know, normal bad shooting night. Bounce back, have a really good game. You want to have you want to see Shaden Sharp get healthy and figure out how he can be a contributor when he is not the feature part of the offense. How can Shaden Sharp fit in as just as a complementary part? Or if he can't, how can they just say, okay, we got to get Sharp the ball, get Anthony Simons back and have him continue to roll. He's averaging 27 on 60 percent shooting. What does the offense look like when it's when it's, you know, fully functioning? Have Grant, have have Brogdon play well. Hopefully you can get some nice minutes from DA. And if you go one and six on the trip, so be it, as long as you don't get hammered in these games and you continue to like sort of make progress to figure things out. This is a data collection season. Collect positive data from competitive games where you don't get absolutely hammered and you're playing, you know, 40, 40 minutes of good of competitive basketball. And then if you lose in the final eight because you don't have enough talent, so be it. I think that's what a successful road trip looks like. The, the, the win-loss stuff does not matter to me in any meaningful way. This is the last show of the year. I'm recording this on December 31st. Uh, a couple things. One, let's. Uh, there's some news of the day. I didn't re- really want to lead with this because I think it's kind of... Um, it's like silly engagement hunting. Uh, OG and Anobi traded from the Toronto Raptors to the New York Knicks. The Blazers were long-rumored to be after OG Ananobi and we're potentially offering him the pick that became Shaden, potentially offering Toronto the pick that became Shaden Sharp and potentially offering a pick centered around Anthony Simons. Um, I don't know if the Blazers are quote unquote better off not having made those trades, right? Like they might have Damian Lillard on the roster if they still did that. And then it's in the eyes of the beholder, whether they're better off. But I think what this is a lesson in is that when you are a team that needs to pivot, waiting is not always the best plan. There are times when patience is a virtue, and I think what the Raptors, because they waited, I think they got a worse deal. Um, R.J. Barrett's kind of like your opinion, I guess, of what the Raptors Hall was, which was R.J. Barrett and uh, and Emmanuel Quickly and a second-round pick from this year from the Pistons is likely to be a very good, one of the top two picks in the second round, so a very good second-rounder as far as those go. Um your opinion of R.J. Barrett probably colors your opinion of this trade. I don't think he's very good, um, but he's fine. He's like a starting level NBA player, he's Just, but he's fine to me. He's just really well paid. And I think Emmanuel quickly might, has a chance to be a good, very good player. Um, but, you know, we'll see what he's like with a much larger role. He's been solid as heck for the, for the Knicks and he shoots a bunch of fun floaters. I like his game, um, but 
Are these are either of those players better than Anthony Simons? No. Are either the, is this a second round pick, a first round pick? No, it is not. It is a second rounder. It is the this is just like be careful. Be careful. Uh, we you know we talk about team building a lot in this show and the sort of the lens of the Blazers. I think this is the lesson, right? Sometimes there is value in patience, and sometimes you end up with without maybe the you know it, if the. If the uh, Memphis Grizzlies were really ever offering three first-round picks, which seems like a lie, seems like a lie to me, um, the the Raptors did a lot worse than the rumored three first-round picks from the Grizzlies. But if that if that deal just never existed, um, at some point, if you don't make moves, you end up with worse moves. Um, but I just want to throw that in at the end of the show because I think the long, long-rumored target for the Blazers um, off off the board and headed to the Knicks. Um, and the Blazers will see OG Ananobi on uh, January 9th when they head to Madison Square Garden. The other thing I want to say as we wrap up here is thanks for making 2023 the best year of Lockdown Blazers yet. Um, the show ha- continues to grow. More of you continue to find it. More of you continue to share it with your friends. Um, this was the largest. I've been doing this since 2019. I've been doing this five days a week since somewhere in the middle of 2020. Uh, I really sort of committed to making this show mine, and and you have jumped on board. We've been doing it on YouTube since 2021. Um, it's we've, you know, every year I've done this, we've done more and better shows. I feel like the show continues to improve. And, and, uh, this was the most uh, successful year I've ever had doing the program and I could not do it and would not do it without you. So if you're listening to this, thanks, thanks and happy new year. And thanks for making this, um, thanks for making this possible for me. I, I couldn't do, I literally couldn't and would not do it without you. So thank you. I appreciate you. Um, let's keep doing it. That's what we do. Uh, the cal- the flip to the calendar is not going to change anything. Five days a week, wherever you get podcasts. It's also on YouTube. Tell your friends about the program. Uh, Blazers play the Suns on Monday in Phoenix. So Tuesday show coming out January 2nd. We'll, we'll recap that one. Five days a week, wherever you get podcasts. Also on YouTube. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.